So as I said on uh, Mother's Day, when I said, call your moms, so the same thing today, call your dads if you haven't. I haven't had a chance to call my dad yet, so I will need to call my dad. E even if, uh, even if you, you felt like you didn't have a good example of your dad, call him and, and say Happy Father's Day and encourage him because uh, we want to encourage our fathers, encourage the fathers around us because it's something that they don't hear very often nowadays in this society. You know, speaking as a father, I look at it as a tremendous, uh, incredible privilege to be a father. And it's, it's not easy. Actually, it's really difficult and challenging. Probably the most challenging thing ever. But nonetheless, I, I look at it as an incredible privilege for me to be a father. And it's actually an honor for me to be a father. And I want to stress that um, when I say it's a privilege and an honor to be a father, I mean a father in the kingdom of God, not just another father in the world that we live in, right? Because uh, sadly, and hopefully, hopefully I'm not going to offend people, but I feel like sadly for the past several decades, um, society, or at least in America, generally speaking, the role of father has been reduced more and more to, into just someone who, who brings home the paycheck or just someone who's just like another big grown-up kid, you know, someone who, who lacks like sacrificial love for your family, or someone who lacks direction or, or vision for his family, or someone who lacks passion and, and conviction to, to lead his family, or someone who's just, like I said, just like a grown-up kid, just maybe too proud, too, uh, too stubborn to seek counsel and what have you. So that's not who I am uh, privileged or honored to be, because I want to be honor and privilege. It's a, it's a privilege to be a father in the kingdom of God. Um, so all those things I was listing earlier, that's, that's something that we often see around us. Um, in the media, on TV shows, most of the time, you know, dad is just someone that sits on the couch and just kind of watch TV, and the mom has to tell the dad what to do, what's going on, what to think. So, so that's, we, we kind of come to think of that as fathers. And unfortunately, I kind of see even more reduction in the role of fathers in the future. So, so just to kind of reinforce what I was just saying, you know, even when I try to look up in a dictionary on the definition of fathers. So according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, a father is one, a male parent, or a man who has begotten a child. I mean, that is a lame definition, right, for a father. Because if that was a definition for a father, I would not say, I consider it a privilege to be a father. Um, a father is so much more. It's so much more than just someone who gave birth to a child. Uh, so much more than someone who provides financially, right? Because thankfully, for the role of the father within the kingdom of God is, is, not, is not what society has perceived for us to be. You know, those things I talked about, lacking passion, lacking conviction, lacking vision for your family, proud, you know, not willing to grow up, just being another big kid, no compassion for your family. So those are not the things that we want to be privileged to be a father in the kingdom of God. And the best way for us to learn, and for me and for all of us as fathers, to learn is to learn about the role of the father is obviously not go to the dictionary of the Merriam-Webster. We go to the Bible, right? For everything else, that's what we need to go to. Because regardless of time, uh, geography, or culture, the definition for the Bible of what is a father is still the same. Um, and that's what we want to go to because, uh, and also another thing in the Bible, there are many, many verses that will teach us many different things in terms of the actual act of fathering, 
how to lead as a father, how to provide in terms of provision, discipline, leading by example, compassion, living sacrificially for your family, protection, wisdom, courage, and such and such. But however, for, the, for this morning, due to the lack of time, I want to focus on just the heart of the father. Um, because if we're actually gonna do a series on the father, it will take a long, long time to get through all the different attributes of a father. But I want to focus on us having a better revelation of the father's heart. Because once we understand his love for his children, all the other things in terms of wanting to protect, wanting to provide, wanting to, to sacrifice for your family, wanting to um, lead your family, have a conviction and passion for your family, those things will come once we catch the heart of who the father is. And those things will become much, much clearer. Right? So if you're not a father, please don't tune out. Please don't tune out. It's like, well, I'm a woman. I ain't going to be a father. Please don't tune out because understanding the father's heart will help us to have a greater uh, revelation of who God is. And, and if we understand that, all of us, we can help encourage fathers around us to shift their eyes and their focus toward the Father in heaven and encourage them to walk more into what it is to be a father in the kingdom of God. Right? So, uh, so we will all gain and benefit when all fathers, all fathers live as father in the kingdom of God, not as a male parent, right? Or not as um, uh, someone who gave birth to a child. So, um, so just, just for that, you know, one, where, where do we go? Because we know the scripture talked a lot about, you know, our heavenly father, uh, our father in heaven, but where does scripture say the ultimate father? What is the example that we should always follow? So what I was praying about this and what came up for me was in John 17. I don't think I have it up there, so. Um, but just so you know, in John 17, whenever I bring up John 17, I want to recommend you guys to read it. John 17 is incredible. You catch the heart of Jesus when you read John 17, when you study John 17, because in John 17, that is the only one example where you actually uh, recorded um, place where we can actually hear Jesus praying to the Father. So in John 17, Jesus was praying for himself, praying for disciples, and praying for all those around him. So, um, so as he was, he always reviews the term Father. Father, you know, make them one as we're one. You know, let them be one like we're one, like I'm one with you, you're one with me, and, and protect them and lead them and guide them. But at the very end, very end, you use the term righteous Father. I think it was the last verse, righteous Father. So righteous as in the ultimate truth and the ultimate righteousness. So therefore, that's the father that we want to learn from, right? The ultimate example, right? Just, just as you want to learn about basketball, you, you don't want to learn basketball from me, right? You want to learn basketball from LeBron James or I don't know who's the best player right now. So that, I'm, I just want to say that just so we know where to go to and where the scriptures say that because Jesus referred to God the Father as righteous father someone who knows all, who's the best example for us to learn from. Um, we, we should not draw examples from our own fathers or the fathers around us, if I can say that, because they will fall far too short of our righteous father. We also definitely cannot say, well, this is how I grew up, or this is what I had witnessed, so this is what I will do. Because through Jesus, right? We have witnessed a much, much better example. We have witnessed and know our Heavenly Father, 
a righteous father, the ultimate example of who is the best father for us to follow. Right? In John 14, verse 7, Jesus said, If you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on. From now on. Liam, can you go to the next verse? From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So through knowing Jesus, from now on, we have uh, an example. We know, we have witnessed to the perfect father. So we can no longer say, well, because this is how I grew up, so this is how I'm going to father. No. Through Jesus, through Jesus, we know what, who, who our ultimate father is. Right? So to those fathers who would say, like I said, this is what I grew up, we can no longer say that, right? Because now we have Jesus. We should go to the ultimate father and learn from him instead of our earthly father. And uh, that's number one. And secondly, it's an incorrect mindset. And if I can say an incorrect theology, because we may have been raised a certain way by an earthly father in the past, and there's nothing wrong with that. But now, now, through Jesus, we are being raised by the ultimate father in the kingdom of God. We have access to him. We can come to him. We are always surrounded by him. So we have an example of the ultimate father. And we have access to the examples of what a relationship between a father and his children should be like and it should look like, right? Because if we look at Mark uh, 14, verse 36, Liam, can you go to the next one? <laughs> it said, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what, what your will. I think I spelled that wrong. But anyway, I want to focus on Abba. Abba, I say, Daddy. So this is the moment where, if I can say this, this is Jesus, I think it's his toughest moment. This, this is when uh, the night prior in the Garden, in the garden of Gethsemane, 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 which is prior to him going to the cross, right? He knew what was coming. He knew that I'm going to suffer the most excruciating, the most painful death known to mankind. So he called out to his daddy. Throughout all four Gospels, I actually checked and I didn't find anything. Jesus had always referred to his father as our father, our heavenly father, righteous father. But there's only one time, one time that he said, Abba, and this was it. Because he knew what was coming. So he called out to his daddy. He called out to the one thing that he held on to during the toughest moment, toughest time. Or if I can say, maybe his, his, uh, his rare moment of struggle, a rare moment of weakness, because he knew what was going to happen. So in this toughest moment, he put all the formalities aside, right? In terms of righteous father, heavenly father, he said, Daddy, Daddy, help me. Because he understood, he hung on to that, that, that love of the father. That's what sustained him. That's what kept him through. And that's what we should learn from, right? Because Jesus went to the cross because he trusted in the love of the Father, the Father's love for him. You know, our Heavenly Father spoke this over Jesus long, long, even before all the incredible miracles that Jesus performed, all the great teachings that he did. What did he say? In uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I know you guys are familiar with this verse, but this is something that was spoken to him prior to Jesus did anything, right? As you can see this, it was unconditional. It was not, this is my son whom I love because he did something. 
This is, not my, this is my son whom I love if he went to the cross for me. No, it was just this is my son whom I love. That's it. So that's what Jesus hung on to. And that's what we should hang on to because we should realize our Father loves us regardless. Regardless of what we have done or will do or the mistakes that we made. Right? So he didn't, he didn't say, and, and, you know, and so that went, because of that understanding, Jesus was able to come to the Father and say, Daddy, it's not your will, but my will. Not my will, but your will be done. Right? He didn't say, if you really love me, you wouldn't make me do this. He didn't say that. I probably would have said that if I knew I was coming. He didn't say, you know, why would you put me in this situation? If you really love me, why did you put me in this incredibly tough, difficult situation that I don't want to go through? Because I believe what was first and foremost on his mind, and it should always be first and foremost for us as followers of Jesus Christ, was this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. So Jesus knew without any doubt, any shadow of a doubt that the Father loves him. That's why Jesus trusted in the Father. That's why he went through what he did for us, for all mankind. That's what he hung on to. That's what we should hang on to. That's what we should learn from, right? So through our faith in Jesus, our Heavenly Father also speaks that over us, right? So he's also, he also speaks, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. This is my daughter whom I love. In her I am well pleased. So when we can receive that from God, which he loves us regardless, regardless of what we have done, where we came from, what we have accomplished. As I said, God the, the Father spoke that to Jesus before Jesus performed all the incredible miracles and went out and did all these great teachings. This is my son whom I love. So if we can understand and hang on to that, the passage from Isaiah 43 will become a reality for us. Liam, can you turn to that? Where Isaiah 43, it said, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have redeemed you. Do not fear. I have summoned you by name. Not just a John Doe, but I have summoned you by name. Right? You are mine. We belong to God. Through Jesus, we belong to God. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. It's because God is with us. Right? When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Why is that? Because God is with us. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Hey, Liam, let's go to the next one. Since you are precious and honored in my sight. See, that's again, unconditional love. No changes or correction, right? We don't need to be someone else. We don't need to improve our image so then God will love us. We are already precious and honor in his sight. And because I love you. That verse right there is key. You know, we need, I felt like as I was preparing for this, I felt like for all of us here, we need to view ourselves through the eye of God, how God view us. Because sometimes we allow people to, to, um, to affect our feeling in terms of, well, oh, you know, what I see on TV, this is what I need to be, this is what I'm supposed to be, this is how much money I need to make, this is where I need to live. We allow those people to judge how we view ourselves. We need to get back to what, how God view us. Because he view us as what? We are precious, I am precious, and honor in his sight. 
because he loves me, right? So even if I don't shave for five days, maybe Vanessa will make me shave, but God will view me as precious and honor in, in his sight. And we need to hang on to that and remember that. And don't let other people affect us of how God views us. Because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you. Nations in exchange for your life. That's incredible, isn't it? If you guys ever feel like you're worthless, God will give nation for us, in exchange for us, for our life. That's pretty incredible. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. So as we have a revelation of his love for us, we will not be deterred, right? We will not, we will not turn back when we see obstacles and challenges and, and what have you, because he is with us. I'm with you. You will not be burned. The water will not wash over you. Another thing from these verses, if we hang on to what, who God is, he's the creator of the universe, and his love for us is beyond all things. He will exchange people and nation for us. So we will know that when, so go back to this, when, when we go through the waters, not if we have to cross through the rivers, when, because God is letting us know that when you pass through the waters, because you will have to pass through the waters, when you pass through the rivers, because you will need to pass through the rivers. And when you walk through the fire, you will have to walk through the fire. It's not if, it's when. When we do that, when we come to those situations, when we confront those situations, we need to remember our Father is with us. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. I will exchange nations for you. You're precious and honor in my sight because I love you. And that's what we need to hang on to and remember because I think sometimes um, I experience this too, so I can say this. Sometimes you know, I, I enjoy the moment of God's loving me and he's so, he's so awesome, I feel so good. But then when we face difficult situations, we forget of how much God loves us. That he views us as precious and honor in our sight. Right? So we need to remember that when we walk through the waters, when we walk through the fire, because those times will come, but we need to come back and hang on to, just as Jesus hang on to, Abba. Abba, just as the same for us. That's what we need to hang on to and realize that God loves us. And his love will sustain us and carry us through. So when we grasp the Father's love for us, Isaiah 43, these verses will become a reality. Not as, well, the water is too high or the river is too deep. No, I'm going to cross over because God is with me. He's with us. I will not be deterred. He will provide. He will protect. He will guide. He will give up nation for us. He will give up people for us in exchange for us. He will give up anything and everything for us. This is the father whom we should learn from, right? This is the father that we have, and we should learn from him. This is the father figure we, as fathers, if I can speak from as fathers, should emulate. This is the father figure we should all encourage fathers to look to. And that's what I said earlier. When you encourage fathers, encourage all fathers to look to a righteous father, the heavenly father, instead of a father next door. He may seem great, but you don't know what else is going on behind closed door. So always encourage all fathers to look to the heavenly father, the ultimate example. So if we need more examples, read the prodigal son and focus on the verses about the father in that parable. It's amazing. I know the prodigal son is always about the son, you know, the lost son or the older son. I think I actually started preparing that parable, and I realized there's so much more to it than that. But anyway, 
I don't know why I'm saying this, but read that parable. The verses about the Father is incredible because it speaks so much to the Father's love, His patience, His grace for us. It's not about the Son. Who cares about it? I, for me, I just don't really care about the Son. It's about the Father is what's important to me. And His love is what's going to sustain us and carry us through the tough time. Because if we read that and understand who God is, it's even more amazing when we go down to uh, in Isaiah 43, verse 25, when God said, I, even I, God is saying this, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. There's no greater forgiveness from God, right? He's omniscient. That means he knows all things. He always knows all things, all the time, everywhere. But he's willing to erase that so he'll remember our sins no more. He loves us so much, right? So I guess apparently when God said, because I love you may not be enough, he needs to let us know that he erased all of our transgressions. That means all the things that we have done wrong. You know how we've been defiant, how we've been stubborn. I'm actually speaking from experience for you guys. How we chase after other idols, how we prioritize other interests above him, or how we love other people, or uh, uh, other hobbies, or money, or jobs, or uh, what have you, before him. See, he's willing to erase all those things as if they have never happened. That's how much he loves us. Because apparently, because I love you may not be enough for some of us, and I'm including myself, he needs to let us know, I'm blotting out your transgression, so I remember your sins no more. So I believe he did that because as if he has never known it. That's what it means, right? I remember your sins no more, because this is very challenging for us. Try to do that. Try to do that sometimes. We can't do it, but God did it. He wanted to do it. He needed to do that so that he can bless us and love us so that we can have an understanding of what it means for the Father's love for us. So I believe, um, so he did that so he can give us everything that was near and dear to him, right? Because if you remember, if he can remember all the things that we have done against him, he would not give us the Holy Spirit. I probably wouldn't, but he wouldn't. Through, you know, through Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. If he remembered how bad we were and how we were blaspheming his name, he probably wouldn't send Jesus to the cross for us. But he blot out all those transgressions so he can give us everything that is near and dear to him. Because we know Jesus and the Holy Spirit have always been with God, right? Even before creation. We see that from Genesis 1, uh, verse 2, when it said, the Spirit of God was hovering above the water. And in Genesis 1, verse 26, when God said, let us, let us create mankind in our image. So they have always been together, and God the Father was willing to give up those things for us. Well, he didn't really give those things up. Let us have a piece of those things. Wait, I'm just theologically incorrect on that. But anyway, I don't want to focus on that. So we'll find, as, we, as, as I was talking about an example of the Father, we'll find no other better example of the Father than our Father, God the Father, right? So we must always remember that. Go back to God the Father. That is who we want to know. That is who we want to encourage our fathers to be. Don't encourage our other fathers to be like that father, because that's not okay. Encourage him to be like our father God, our heavenly father, our righteous father. And at the same time, if I can encourage all of us, is don't filter our perception of God the Father through what we see around us. 
you know, don't use the example of what we have experienced through our own fathers or other fathers that we see and think this is what God is like, God the Father is like. He's not. He's so much better. So we have to change our mindset. And that's what I said earlier. Change our mindset and shift our focus to a father, a perfect father is not like a neighbor next door. Oh, it's not like John Doe, but our heavenly father, our righteous father. God the Father is not like anyone we know or have seen before. Not even our own father, no matter how perfect we think we are. Well, except for my own kids. I'm the perfect father. <laughs> so learn about the love of our Heavenly Father and rejoice in the love of our Father God. Remember that. He intentionally forgets our sins so he can love us without limitations. He intentionally forgets our sins so he will always, always cares for us, always provide for us, always protect us, always, all the time. I will always be with you. You will always, always be precious and honor in my sight. That's incredible, right? It doesn't do justice at all to, to talk about Father God in one sermon on a Sunday. Because for we, each of us, we need to experience it ourselves so we, can, so we can know how great, how deep, how incredible the love of the Father is so that we can put aside all the earthly father love and come seek the love of God the Father. Because that's what we want, right? Right? That's what we want. Because if you're going to, I mean, using an example, I just coming up off the top of my head, if you want to go to a concert somewhere, you want to listen to a bunch of amateurs playing music, or you want to listen to professional, the ones who are at the top of their game to entertain you. It's the same thing, right? You don't want to compare and learn about how to be a father like someone in a book, someone that have written a book. Go to our ultimate father and learn from him and learn about his heart for us, his love for us. Encourage fathers, or soon to be fathers, to learn about God the Father. Encourage them to draw closer to God. Because as they know more about God the Father, they will be zealous for their children, as God the Father is zealous for us. Right? As they know more about God the Father, they will assure their children that they will always be with them. I will always love you. I will always be with you. You will always be precious and honor in my sight. Always. And as they know more about God the Father, as we know more about God the Father, we will be selfless in providing for and protecting for our families. Right? And encourage and pray for them. Pray for us. Pray for us. So we... We can learn more about the love of the Father so we can love as the Father in the kingdom of God. So earlier I said it was a privilege and an honor to be a father, right? Because it is a privilege to be a father in the kingdom of God, not just any father. I get to, to also act as a first stepping stone for my children to learn about our Heavenly Father. This is so I can point them Later on, I can point them as I get older to the righteous father. Learn about the righteous father. Yes, learn something from me, but go to the righteous father so you can be the father that God has raised you up to be. So that goes to all the fathers out there. I understand it may be, uh, it can be viewed as a burden. I completely understand that. But it is also an incredible privilege. Because if some some fathers think that it's a burden or it's too challenging, help shift their mindset. Encourage them to draw closer to God because God the Father wants to use them as fathers in the kingdom of God to show their children a glimpse of who he is. 
some of the things that we can do to encourage fathers, uh, you know, I try to put up some of the practical application would be to encourage them to every day seek out and spend time with Jesus. So the more we spend time with Jesus, the more we spend time with him and, and learn scriptures, we will be slowly transforming more and more into his image. And as we do that, we will get to know more and more of who God the Father is. So then we can understand more of how much he loves us. Otherwise, we will unconsciously be like our earthly fathers, speaking as a father. I don't want to be like my dad. As, as great as he is a man, I don't want to be like him. I want to be like our heavenly father in heaven so I can follow my kid, right? Things may be better off. We may think that we're better off because now we're, we're better off financially. We might have more uh, technological advances, but, but the biggest but, most important thing is spiritually, we will not be better off without God the Father. So we need to spend time with him, draw closer to Jesus. The things that our earthly fathers struggle with, we will struggle with unless we spend time with Jesus, unless we come to know him. Number two is spend time with other fathers in the kingdom of God. If you are a father, learn from other fathers in the kingdom of God. Encourage each other, maybe even challenge each other, and just help bring us back to what is a father in the kingdom of God. And number three, love as God has loved us, right? So God the Father loved us through both words and deeds. That's how he loves us, right? Because he has spoken, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. He spoke this, and this was before Jesus did anything. I mentioned that, right? That was unconditional. It's not waiting until they do something that pleases you, and then you tell them that you love them. Or, or just say, well, you're withholding your love from them because they have done something bad. God just spoke love over us, and that's what we need to do. We should not use the excuse of, of um, well, they know that I love them because I work long hours to provide for them. No, tell them. Talk to them. Let them know how you love them, because that is a cop-out, if I can say that because I work long hours, I work on the weekend just so I can provide for my kids. No, they need to hear, you are my son whom I love. In him, I am well pleased. Tell them, because God has spoken that to us, right? If we go to scriptures and you never hear or see anything about how God loves us, how would you feel? Not good, right? At least for me, I wouldn't feel good. And the deeds in terms of providing and protecting, you know, lead them spiritually guide them closer to Jesus so then they can grow up and be all who they can be. So it's both words and deeds in terms of how we express our love to our children, as we can see from scriptures, because God has spoken that over us, and he actually does do those things also. Uh, and lastly, may encourage and speak, uh, speak life to fathers around you if you're not a father. Build up fathers, because they don't get encouragement very often in this society. Fathers are very beaten down. Encourage them, because they play an extremely, we, can I say we? We play an extremely, I feel like I'm puffing myself up. We play an extremely important role in the kingdom of God, because society constantly marginalizes fathers by making them out to be incompetent. They're clueless. Fathers are useless. You know, fathers just kind of sit around, don't really know what to do, don't know how to parent, don't know how to talk to kids, don't know how to lead. They get beaten up all the time. Encourage them. Build them up. Give them life. Speak life into them. Encourage them to devote themselves to God the Father. 
So then they will raise up a new generation of men and women who will come to know God themselves. Because through this, through this, um, them raising up a new generation of people, the kids will grow up and know that they are eternally loved, eternally provided for through the understanding and relationship with our um, righteous father. Right? They, they will eternally be secure in who they were created to be. Right? They will know that they are precious and honored in God's sight. They will know that they are loved by God. They're not going to listen to the lies about how, oh, you're dumb, you're not smart enough, you're lazy, you're not good enough, you're good for nothing, or you're not fast enough, or you're not quick enough, or what have you. They will know that God said they are precious and honored in us, in God's sight. And they will be relentless in the pursuit of the things that God had called them to be. Walk fully into their callings instead of become someone else. Become what society tells them to be successful. Work 20 hours a week. I mean, 20 hours a day, not 20 hours a week. Hopefully they work more than 20 hours a week. Just work all the time, make money, and that's it. Success is not about a big house or a big car. It's so much more than that. So if they come to know who God the Father is, they will walk more into the callings of what God has called them to be. And then they will also be courageous in declaring and proclaiming the kingdom of God, the goodness of God. So if I can say anything to encourage the fathers, you guys are doing a good job. You guys are incredible fathers in the kingdom of God. Just by the little things that you do, just keep walking into it. Just the fact that you're here on a Sunday is awesome. Because I think I was talking to someone, Mother's Day, we're packed. But Father's Day is a lot less packed as today. Because fathers in general don't know how to lead spiritually, don't know how to guide and protect. And just the fact that you're here means something, that you want to press in more. You want to know more of who God is, and you want to impart that onto your kids, or soon-to-be kids, or what have you. So you guys are doing good. Encourage fathers. Speak life to them. Now more than ever, it's necessary, right? We need fathers to live in the kingdom of God and walk fully into the kingdom of God. Not just biological father that, what, a male parent? Or just someone who provides financially? Or just someone who just give birth to a child? But father is actually someone who lives out what it means to be a father in the kingdom of God. And that's what we want. We want to pursue after that. Amen. Amen.